Hello, and welcome to the Fan Fiction Book Club podcast, the weekly podcast that explores the good, the bad, and the cringy of fan fiction. Hosted by me, SG, and my lovely co-host, Poppy. Hello. T-Stan. Hello. And Ollie. Yeah. Every month, we scour the internet to bring you four different fanfic reads. And our theme this month is Cinderella. Check out our website at fanfictionbookclub.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fanfictionados for the full lineup of stories for the month and to connect with us on the web. So, we have one more book to read. Not book. One more fanfiction to read under the realm of Cinderella. And we have had a big variety of stories. Holy crap, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm amazed that um that there is so much variety in this fandom because i thought when we picked it it would literally just be like cinderella self-insertion stories but we had a really good mix of yeah. different mm-hmm. things yeah. and the last fanfic that we will be discussing is flight of fancy feathers challenges and fate by Books Are Medicine on archiveofourown.org. This story was written in 2018. It is just a little over 42,000 words, and it is uh, tagged as alternate universe fairy tale, nymphs and dryads, sibling rivalry, animal transformation, slow build, and challenges which is a very good mix of tags that definitely describe this story. And the summary that the author wrote is this story is a blend of the fairy tale, the three feathers and Cinderella. Prince Kit must overcome many challenges to prove himself worthy as heir to the throne. Along the way, a mysterious maiden, Cinderella, and many different animals, and even fate herself help him along. But can he prove himself worthy of the crown? Dun, dun, dun. You sure picked a long one. I did. Yeah. We all kind of picked long ones. So this this story goes more off of the 2015 movie remake than the yes. yeah Disney fairy tale. This one is more based off of the movie. But even within the realm of the movie, this story is from the prince's perspective and a limited third <laughs> person. Well, I guess... I guess it's like an omniscient third person. It's not really just Prince Kit's perspective, but the story centers more around Prince Kit. He has more of a presence in this than he does in the 2015 movie. And it's kind of his story before um, meeting Cinderella and how he meets her. And Cinderella is a completely different species. I picked this story for the group because I am a sucker for fantasy um, novel of any kind. And because our theme with Cinderella, I knew it was going to be very female focused. So I thought it would be interesting to find a story that um, was centered around a character other than Cinderella. Cinderella still plays a big part in this, but um, I don't necessarily see too many fanfics that are from uh, the Prince Charming's perspective, from Prince Kit's Mm -hmm. perspective. So I thought this would be an interesting read to kind of see like How do people who are fans of this fandom interpret this character? And how do they give him life? So um, that's why I picked it. And yeah, reasons. So the story for Flight of Fancy centers mostly around 
Prince Kit, who is a son of the king and queen of the kingdom. And the king in this story is trying to decide who his heir uh, is going to be. So there's Prince Kit, and then he has two older brothers. His oldest brother is Cain, um, who is, uh, he's a strong, handsome guy. He's really manipulative in the court. Like, he can play the court game very well. He has a lot of uh, nobles on his side, and women love him. And then there's Prince Kurt, who's the middle son, and he um, is kind of a big broody bro, he likes to fight. He's really into war. And um, then there's Kit, who's like a quiet, observant, sweet Prince Charming um, yeah. in its purest so, like, form. Um, Kane, the oldest, he was like the stereotypical prince you know like he he's like he's tall he's handsome he uh he wants the throne yeah he wants the throne for the power of mm-hmm. the throne and he wants to yeah, be able he's to very control power people. hungry and then kurt is a jock pretty much he's like a big old buff Total jock. jockey bro <laughs> um, and he wants the throne so that he can be feared mm-hmm. um and then kit just like he really doesn't want the throne he's like i'm good like at the very beginning he's like i'm good with not having yeah it. he's just um, trying yeah. to survive and his older brothers are just total bullies they bully him pretty much his entire life and make him kind of feel like nothing and they spread rumors about him in court to kind of belittle him and make him feel dumb and so he's just simpleton. yeah they call him a simpleton and so to most of the court and the kingdom at large he's seen as this really simple guy who's just kind of riding on the coattails of the crown and he doesn't really provide any value or anything to the country and so Mm -hmm. the um so the story starts out and so the king is trying to decide which of my sons um am i going to have replace me when the time comes he's coming to this decision around the time that um kit i think it's like his 21st birthday or something Mm -hmm. And so they kind of set the scene and that's where the story starts. There's a little bit of backstory about Kit when he was a kid. He was really close to his mother and his mother was this really sweet woman who taught him how to be kind to people, how to live in harmony with nature and animals and whatnot. They really established that Kit is this very sweet character. And then you fast forward to um, Prince Kit's 21st birthday, and he has to go on a hunt um, to hunt a stag. And I guess it's tradition that when they hunt a stag, they bring the kill back and that's what they eat for their birthday. Specifically, their coming of age. Their coming of age birthday. Yes. And so So he um, is going through the woods. He's not really into the idea of killing a stag, but it's tradition. So he goes with it. And so he's leading the hunt and he catches the stag's trail. And at the same time, he runs into, um, he sees a horse um, off in the distance. And then the horse disappears and he goes through the bushes and he finds this girl. And he comes to learn that um, there's like kind of some question about where she came from because there was a horse there and then he goes through the bushes and he sees this girl so he has a conversation with her he's really enamored with her he doesn't want to um, admit to her that he's a prince so he says that he's just like a tradesman learning his father's trade at palace she tells him she asks him like why he's out here is there a reason he's like oh i need to kill the stag and she says do you really need to kill this animal i think he has a life that he wants to live he's not done living yet 
and she convinces him not to kill this stag. He goes on his way, she goes on her way. We switch to Cinderella's perspective, and it turns out that Cinderella is a wood nymph, if I get... Is she a wood nymph or just a nymph? Yes. She's a wood nymph. She's a wood nymph. Yeah, that's what they said. Call her. So she's a wood nymph, and she can turn into different animals. But she has a um, a curse on her, and I directly quoted the curse because I didn't want to get it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And her curse is, I can never let a mortal know I am a wood nymph by changing in front of one unless I want to be stuck in my animal form for a season. I can only be human after the sun sets, and I must become an animal once the sun rises. And so she's a she's a wood nymph that can only turn into animals, and she has these limitations put on her by her stepmother, who is an evil witch. And um <laughs> And so, a, so she, when she was younger, she used to be able to change into animals at will. At will, she used to yes. be able to do do it whenever she wanted. But because of this curse, she's got the strict time. So her stepmother um, is a witch who is looking for eternal youth and beauty. And there is a spring in the forest that um, Cinderella is the guardian of, but the location of it is hidden. And so she cursed Cinderella and is kind of making her life difficult, killed her mother, married her father, to try and get information on this well so that she can be eternally young and beautiful. And her daughters were able to get a hold of some spring water, but the water backfired on them and it's slowly turning them into frogs. Is that what so happened? I thought that the, the evil witch tried to put a spell on them to make them more beautiful, but the spell she tried. She tried to use, she gave her daughters, somehow she got a hold of some spring water and she gave her daughters some spring water and it was backfiring on them because I guess the water reflects your purity or your heart's desire or something. So if you have cruel intentions, then it'll turn you ugly. And if you have good intentions, mm. it'll make you beautiful. So I, I was, oh. I thought that was kind of odd that she got some spring water ahead of things. And she thought taking her daughters to the source of the water be would be different, would cure them. <laughs> Supposedly, but it's like, but if a little bit already did this to them, I don't know that having them soak in it is going to make it any better. So um, her stepmother's an evil witch. Her stepsisters are also witches, but their power isn't very strong and they're slowly turning into toads. So they're just like really gross and covered with warts. And then, of course, um, through uh, the step, the witch stepmother's conversation with Cinderella, we find out that the only way to break the curse is a prince's declaration of love and a kiss with a a prince. prince It has to be a prince specifically. (laughs) You can't be just a dude. Gotta be Yes. And so, and so this kind of like sets the characters and the scene and everything. And then Kit goes back to the castle and the king, after Kit's 21st birthday is coming of age, he tells his sons, he's like, Hey, I need to decide who's going to be my successor to the throne um, when I pass. So, and I want this to be fair. So what I'm going to give you guys is a series of challenges and I want to see how you would handle them and whoever handles the challenges the best way is going to be that much closer to taking the throne. Some of the challenges that they go through include um, the three sons need to find a trade 
agreement or find the best trade agreement for the country by going to the ports and engaging with um, sailors and tradesmen out there. Um, another challenge is how to improve the army. And um, the last challenge is how they would handle um, court petitions. Um, like how if uh, if two people come to the king with a land dispute, how would they handle that land dispute? And so these these challenges happen and Kit has the best solutions to these challenges. And at the same time, Cinderella as an animal is kind of following him around and helping him complete these challenges in the first, I think in the first story when they're, uh, when they're looking at the trade agreements, she becomes a cat and she like guides yes. him to a Roman ship and he comes up with a really good deal with a Roman ship. And it's a very nice, like open anti-racism little sub story in there. Cause I guess they hate Romans. Um, and uh, then it was, <laughs> yeah, it was really nice because like apparently no one yeah. the Romans and like whenever the Romans are on the ship, like everyone avoids them or on uh -huh. the dock, everyone avoids them and stuff. So Kit's just like, all right, I'll just trade with you. Yeah. And so so the Romans have I think concrete. they can make yeah, concrete and they can make arches. They had some architecture. Yeah. So it's pretty much a knowledge trade. So yeah. they trade the knowledge of concrete making for a compass invention that Kit invented. But then let's see, Kurt. Oh yeah, <laughs> traded. Oh, Kurt geez. went up and he traded. It turned out that the ship he picked was in in the trade of fire bolts, a very useful weapon in sieges, but one that caused a great deal of damage and civilian casualties. So he traded gold for fire bolts, and the gold it was way too expensive yeah. for the kingdom, pretty much. Uh -huh. um, and then Kane, oh, Mister. <laughs> he he decided to trade exotic dancers oh boy for for court secrets um, or information and when he presents this uh, this to the king the king's like um we don't trade in slaves yes yeah. <laughs> we're like oh my god it, it yeah. pretty much goes like that like kurt and kane think they have the best options by like brute strength yeah. and like rudeness but then kit is like uses his brain and comes up with the better solution yeah better solutions that are like good for everybody mm -hmm. um keeps people in mind um for the second task uh, improving the army um the eldest brother wants to turn criminals into soldiers and that's how he wants to improve the army the middle brother by German indentured servants. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> slaves. More slave stuff. And then um, Kit, like the sweetheart that he is, wanted to train the villagers so that they could put together their own militia to defend themselves if the country is ever invaded. And he was like, and we'll pay you guys for your time to learn how to do this. Like, this is stuff like I wish our government... <laughs> <laughs> thought of oh, no. not necessarily in this context but like teaching people how to do something and paying them for it so that they yeah. can better how help to, themselves defend, yeah defend their their homes yeah invasion that's not really something that we have to worry no not about something we have to worry about no. but but just that idea of like investing in your people like that the yeah. people in your country like that which is a very cool thing for him to do and he runs into cinderella again and she's a dog and she kind of because she goes around the village as a dog a lot she kind of encouraged the villagers to come to the town square and kind of hear what he was saying 
the last challenge. I don't. Do we want to get into the last challenge? Yeah, I mean the last challenge. Yeah, is I guess we can get into it. Listening to yeah, us. listening to different um, court petitions. So this whole time, Julius, who's the hand for the king, has been trying to like sway the competition so that um Kane wins. Um, who's the oldest brother, Kane. And so during this third challenge, um, Julius is in charge of sending the people to one of the three brothers. And he's sending Kit all of the hard ones and sending Kurt and Kane all the easy ones. But of course, Kit is a good person and is able to solve yeah. their problems pretty much. Yeah. And there's a, um, final, um, there's a final dispute that um, Julius sends Kit's way that is between these two brothers that own, I think it was like three pieces of land and a farm. And they were trying to figure out how to evenly split everything up. And Mm -hmm. the oldest brother wanted, I don't remember exactly, what did the oldest brother want? He wanted them to like sell it to kingdom or something. Okay, I thought that was the middle brother. I know one brother wanted them to give the land to the kingdom and the younger brother to join the army. Or something? Or was that each separate? Was one that they had this one brother wanted them to sell the land and then the other brother wanted one brother to keep it and the other brother to go into the army? Yeah. Okay, so those were the two separate things. And then Kit's idea was to the eldest brother, you decide how you want to split up the land and then the younger brother or how to split the land in two and then the younger brother can pick which half uh, of the split he would like so that would kind of force the split to be even however even. they decide to make that happen so that each brother has a fair amount yeah and okay. um the king was impressed by his son but for some reason the um challenges don't end there i believe doesn't julius talk them in talk the king into creating more yeah. challenges for the yeah so yeah. something like, I don't remember Julius exactly how he came to that conclusion. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that's what happened. I don't know why they didn't stop at three challenges. I know, because it sounded like Kit was, like, killing it the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even the, if it's, like, best three out of five, like, Kit still I know, wins. Kit still wins. <laughs> he still has the ratio of wins there. Yeah. And then, um, and then we switch from these three standard challenges these challenges that are feather-based. And so I guess there's like a German story or something about the three feathers, which I haven't personally read, but I think that's where the crossover it's the Grim- shift... It's a Grim- oh, it is a Grim fairy tale? It's the Grim's brother. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. also a Grim's brother's fairy tale. Okay. And so then this is where the story kind of shifts from Cinderella to the three feathers. I haven't personally read it, but then this becomes a whole new set of challenges where the king yeah. has three arbitrary feathers and he tosses them. Oh, they were from his wife. Okay, that's much yeah. sweeter. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, yeah. where did you get these three feathers? Why are there three feathers? I must have glossed over that part. He, the king has three feathers and he um, just kind of sets them loose outside of the castle and the wind takes them away. And each um, of his sons has to follow a feather to find the object of their challenge. So for the first challenge, what was the first challenge? The first challenge was you have to find... Oh, you have to find a weapon. A, a weapon to defend right. yourself with. And so you follow the feather and fate will land the feather um, next to whatever your weapon, weapon is supposed use. to be. And then they were supposed yeah. to use those weapons to fight. Um, yes. 
At the um, end. But, of course, Kurt and Kane just lose the feather because I think it's stupid. <laughs> Kane, Kane's like, I should be the king because I'm the oldest and this yeah. is stupid. So he just like wanders away and just like grabs a tree branch or something. And then Kurt just grabs a rock and then Kit actually follows the feather. So Kit is following the feather and then finds Cinderella as a horse beaten. And Kit's like, oh my god and so he like finds some like healing stuff and like goes and he heals the horse and he's gonna take it back into town to like so it could rest and heal Mm -hmm. and while he's walking back into town the horse changes into cinderella again behind his back um he didn't see it and then so he sees cinderella and he's like what what are you doing here why are you why are you also whipped like the horse and so he heals her. He brings her back. He brings her to a priest. Yeah, he brings her so to the town. Can, so that she can rest there and heal there. And meanwhile, he finds this rock that when, when it's struck, it like creates a spark. Yes. That blinds your opponent. Yeah, like a, um, like a mini flash bomb. In the battle that they're supposed to defend themselves, Kit uses the flash and stuns his brother and so that he can take the tree branch and he wins. But because he struck the rock with like his dagger, Julius is like, oh, but he used something that he didn't find in the forest. And so he got disqualified, which was... Which is weird. uh, (laughs) I thought it was weird that they were fighting each other with these weapons. Like, okay. Well, you all your that was dead? because Julius yeah. was like, oh, wouldn't it be better? Because, you know, Kane can totally take Kit, you know? And but then I think at the did, same time, did. this is the point where the two older brothers start to make a pact where yes. if the oldest brother can become king, then the middle brother, which I believe is Kurt. Yeah. Yes. He can be the head of the army because all he really wants is to be a leader in battle and rule the yeah. army and, and be able be to be a strength of force. <laughs> Yeah. And be able to drink and have have women all the Wenches. time. Wenches. You know? Not being court. So then um, because uh, Kit was disqualified, the king decides, well, I'll do a new challenge. So then um, the king again sends out or lets the feathers fall on the wind and go where they may. And the brothers have to follow the feathers. The oldest brother... <laughs> And this, <laughs> and this is to find a ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Most beautiful ring. And they have to the find land. the most beautiful ring in the land. And so yes. the oldest brother totally missed the most important part. <laughs> yeah. Just following a feather. Yeah, just oh. following a feather is just because they want to. Um, the yeah, old, just see where you go. Yeah, see, see where the feather takes <laughs> me. I don't know, man. <laughs> and so the Can oldest brother back? loses um, track of the feather, but he ends up at the shipping yards and he takes a um, he takes an a earring. Uh, an earring from a sailor to, to do yeah. yeah, which is weird. <laughs> he just took a random sailor, which is what I, I find do. even weirder is that a sailor would let him because you feel like yeah, he'd yeah. punch him in the face. Yeah, he he, he was like know. the crown needs your earring. Yeah, and the dude was like, and then did okay. Just <laughs> He just seems like, oh, who is happening? Did I just get sold yeah, sham? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, the middle brother doesn't even follow his feather. He just takes a curtain ring from the castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just curtains and takes the ring and is like, good. Because Kurt- he was busy. He was busy in town, like eating and drinking. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh, the task of the task. Oh. And then, um, and then Kit, bless his soul, 
He actually follows the feather and it takes him into the woods again. And in the woods, he finds a cave. And in the cave, there's a box. And um, he hears animals and he hears this bird singing. He's kind of like on the cusp of realizing that these little woodland creatures that interact with him possibly could be Cinderella because I guess her eyes don't change. She still has her brown eyes no matter what creature she is that he can kind of color. recognize and they're in the same color. Um, like the same color coat. Like it's always like a blonde, like the blonde Yeah, the, the, the coloring. Blonde. The coloring's always similar with the eyes and the coat um, and feathers and all of that. And so... He he finds his box, and I, I don't remember. Does Cinderella become a real girl, <laughs> or does she stay she as a bird? She does become a real girl. Okay. <laughs> and so, she's she's singing that lullaby. The, the Dilly Dilly song. Movie. Not the Bud Light Dilly Dilly thing, but the... Um, <laughs> All I caught was that she says Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Grab a I think Bud it's, Light. A really pretty, it's a really it's a really pretty song. It is a pretty song. So she sings that song and then um, she presents him with uh, her secret box. And inside mm-hmm. of her secret box is a picture of SpongeBob at the Christmas party. And <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, there are two rings and they are her mother and father's wedding rings. And she gives him her mother's wedding ring. And he's like, oh, I can't possibly take this. And she goes, no, take it and finish your quest. And so he takes the ring back to the castle. And it's pretty obvious who won that challenge. Yeah. <laughs> the, king. The, king, like, <laughs> the king, like, crushed um, the oldest brother's earring and mm-hmm. is like, this is fake gold. Like, yeah. Away. And, like, he doesn't even acknowledge the curtain rod. He just, no, like, he doesn't. His shoulder. <laughs> this is like, ridiculous. And then he, and then they see Kit. That he's like, "Oh my god, like this is great! <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. Can't even look upon it." And so, um, the ring is accepted. But I guess Julius talks the king into having yet another challenge. Um, I don't yeah. remember how he wiggled his way into that one. But um, I don't know. <laughs> the king is convinced that we will have one more challenge, and so. This final challenge is that they have to find a wife. In order to find a wife, the challenge is that they um, have to shoot an arrow um, from the castle. And uh, wherever it lands, the woman who's holding it is the person they have to marry. Did I get that right? That's what my notes say. Okay. Yes. Yes, you did. Which seems like, like a very weird like, ceremony. <laughs> and if, I, if I was a, if I was a woman and I just saw an arrow fly and land next to me and I picked it up, I was like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah. And I look up and see someone running towards me is like, "You have to be my oh, wife no. now." I'd be like, "Oh," and like yeah, throw this it. This is weird. <laughs> but I'm assuming everyone in town knows this. This isn't their first arrow well, arrow event, so they can run away. King. Apparently that's how the king and the queen got married. Is it? This is another, yeah, this is another yeah. tradition of mm-hmm. the kingdom. The grandfather and the, the father and now them. They, this mm-hmm. is just like a, a big yeah. old marriage tradition where they shoot an arrow and gra- like, man, this is, uh, this is my wife now. I feel bad for the guy that had to shoot six arrows and nobody came for him. 
<laughs> well, the next the next paragraph is his poor great grandfather yeah. had to shoot his arrow three times before it landed <laughs> next to his bride. It could be that all the girls had stayed away. His grandfather was not the handsomest in lad in the land. However, his great grandmother saw that he would be a noble king and a loyal companion, so she grabbed the arrow with pride. Oh, and you're right, Tristan. And then his father's arrow had landed in his mother's garden. There's just so yeah. many little details in the story. I couldn't write yes. them all down. So the the princes shoot their arrows. The eldest prince, his arrow uh, falls to somewhere. Prince Hannah of the Southern Isles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, the, she's the twin sister of Prince Hans from Frozen. I did yeah. not catch that reference. Oh yeah. my god. There, there's another oh Frozen reference where they, they quote for a, the first time in forever. Do they? They just yeah. Had, yeah, that they just, just went over my head. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Chose to ignore it. Essentially. Yeah. This isn't a frozen story. It's just like it randomly thrown in there at the end where the oldest prince is going to marry Prince Hannah of the Southern Isles. Isn't it Princess Hannah? Yes, I'm Princess Hannah. <laughs> Which is totally fine. Very progressive gonna, was, society if they were into princes in the 1600s. I was, I was trying to, like, my brain wanted to say Prince Hans, so... It just, oh, okay. Well, I, totally I um, that, yeah. on the um, Frozen thread, I did see a lot of Elsa-Cinderella crossover. Um, I know fix. that Frozen has like the most crossovers of all the Disney. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. Okay. People love Frozen. Because I was noticing that because there was a, um, there were a couple of stories when I was looking through stories to pick the one I was going to go with. My other pick that I was considering was a, it was a Frozen Cinderella crossover where Cinderella was a lady's maid to Elsa and they had like, a um a lesbian romance thing but they were also dealing with court intrigue and stuff but i read it and it was like making my eyes glaze over it was really boring (laughs) i'm really sorry to the author they it was really well written but um there just wasn't enough happening so i was like no one's gonna read this and have any fun (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't end up picking that one but it's very well written but um it there is a, a presence for it elsa cinderella more of a presence than I thought there would be. It's always interesting yeah. with crossovers, like what what crosses yeah. over into another fandom and becomes kind yeah. of like a common crossover thing. Yeah. And this isn't and this isn't a true crossover. It's just like no, a, it's just like, like an like Easter references. egg. Yeah, if you're a Disney fan, then you'll see it. Um, where were we? Prince Kane Ooh. is going to marry Princess Haunt, Hannah of the Southern Isles, right? Um, and then Prince Birch is his arrow flies and he it falls next to this woman who is like super materialistic let me see if i can find kurt stomped off to his arrow it was untouched when he got there he scowled and looked around he spotted a a noble girl walking with her chaperone from the market her servants were weighed down with bags wench he bellowed (laughs) She had curly platinum blonde hair and was a bit on the plump side. Kurt noticed that she was blessed with generous curves. Her dress was a violet shade of pink and covered with lace and feathers, very girly and ghastly. She would do fine, he thought. She jumped and looked around as Kurt stomped to her. 
will you take this arrow and be my bride? Kurt thrusts the arrow on her, in her face. Are you a prince? She asked, skeptical tilt of her head and a pout to her lips. Her lips. Kurt puffed out his chest. Yes. Oh, she squealed so loudly that all the birds left the trees. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she clapped her hands and jumped up and down. It was her luck. Was it her lucky day or what? She found a prince to marry and a muscly one to boot. He could carry all of her shoes when she went shopping. Ooh, wouldn't the other girls be so jealous? <laughs> so that's her character. And then, um, and so that's his bride. And then Prince Kit, his arrow ends up in the forest again. And lo and behold, <laughs> he finds Cinderella. Well, I don't know that he finds Cinderella. He he, The arrow lands near a lake or a pond or something and that day cinderella was a swan and then the Mm -hmm. witch somehow figured out that the prince was in the area so she transformed her daughters into swans as well and when he came to the lake um the witch was like you need to whichever uh person you pick that's the one you have to marry um, if you can discover which one is Cinderella, and um, because he recognizes Cinderella's coloring, he picks her. her. Eyes. Yeah, and her eyes. Um, he's able to pick her out of the three otherwise identical, not sure, swans. And uh, from there, he like confesses his feelings to her. She's really happy. The witch is like, no! And then... Um, <laughs> and then, the and then s- he... He shoots the witch with his true love arrow. Yes. Um, because it was established earlier that the witch could not be injured by, like, man-made weapons. Only, like, something from, like, an act of true love. Yes. Um, and so what the witch thought was if someone truly loved her, or if she truly loved someone, that they could hurt her. Yeah. But no. It was the arrow that that Kit had made out of true love with the intention of finding his wife. And he killed her. And they lived happily. Ever- no, um, not yet. But, um, <laughs> and then and then some uh, more stuff happens. Yeah. They have like a little battle. Uh, some magic things yeah. happen. Uh, the witch is dead. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the sisters. Witch is dead. I think they turned into toads. Okay. I knew they were slowly like progressing into toads. I, I couldn't remember what happened at the end. They finally turned into toads. Finally toads. He kisses her. The spell's broken. And then uh, they present. And then he goes back to the castle. And then all of the brothers present their brides. And it's decided that Cinderella is the most beautiful, wonderful, amiable bride among the three. And then Kit becomes king. And then he sends his brothers on voyages to get over it. (laughs) Which I thought which I thought was a silly detail. I, I thought it was great because they're yeah. like, look, y'all, I don't want any bad blood anymore, yeah. but I have a feeling that you guys are going to hate me forever. So why don't you go away for a while until you get over yourself? Yeah, until you kind of calm down <laughs> and then you can come back, which is a good way yeah. of handling it because some kings just have them executed, but he yeah, just he but- sent them on a voyage on the king's dime and then they lived happily so, ever after. They lived happily ever after the end. So what did you guys think? Yeah, pretty much. This one was definitely my favorite of our Cinderella ones. I like that it focused on Kit. Yes. Because yeah. we all know what's up with Cinderella. And I appreciate that um, Cinderella is the female lead in the story. She wasn't helpless. 
I mean, she had her um, situation that she was stuck with the witch, but she made a lot of effort to help Kit on his quest mm-hmm. and kind of fight yeah. back in her own little ways while still kind of staying yeah. true to Cinderella's character. But the Cinderella of the 2015 Disney movie is kind of different from the Cinderella of the original story. The um, 2015 mm-hmm. Cinderella, she was much more empowered than I think we've mm-hmm. seen in the past. And I, I can't mm-hmm. quite remember because I know there was a Cinderella with Brandy in it. I, I think that came out in the 90s or the early oh, yeah, 2000s. Man. I don't remember how empowered yeah. or unempowered her character was because it's been forever since I saw that one. But um, uh, I don't remember. But um, I, I did like that Cinderella, she had, um, even within her circumstances, she found ways to be true to her character, but also mm-hmm. to kind of rise above her situation. That was sort of a great message. Adorable characters. Yeah. I think my only complaint is that there were three challenges and then that, and then some, and then they were totally negated for a whole other three challenges. I think the rule of thirds yeah, should be applied to every story. Um, so that's my only complaint is that there were like six challenges. Is a freaking Julius. I know. <laughs> the king was such a pushover. Like Julius he was, was like, one more challenge, so and the king was like, uh, "Okay, yeah." I well, like, I mean, the You're whole the reason for that decisions. was because, well, because his wife died, and like his wife was like his moral backbone, pretty much. Yeah. And so without without her, he was just he like didn't a, know how to function. And I guess he was the advisor, the king's advisor, right? It's totally fair. How come the king's advisor in all these stories is like, he has like a secret plan? Can we ever read a story with the king's advisor that actually wants what's best for the kingdom? (laughs) I know, like like Aladdin. I know, right? How do you let that guy be your advisor? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, do you see how evil he looks? He has a snake staff. That's very true. So what did, um... What did you guys think of the characters? I know we kind of talked about um, Cinderella and Kid and the King, but what did you think of the brothers and how the evil stepmother was portrayed? Did you have like a favorite character? I like that the evil stepmother was a witch. Like she had more power over Cinderella. So it like... It made sense why she was bound to her. It made more sense. Yeah. Exactly. But I think my favorite character was Kit. He was just such a sweetie. What? You know? He was such a sweetie. I um I kind of teeter between well Kit's like obvious favorite. But I did also like the middle brother. He was kind of so ridiculous. <laughs> it was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always got kind of a I got a kick out of everything that he said cuz he was such an idiot. He's like yeah, yeah, I don't even care about being king. I just I just want to lead the army, man. And then his stupid, like, using a curtain, rod curtain <laughs> for the ring thing. It was it was silly. He was a silly character. And then his wife, yeah. how he picked her and how she picked him. It's like, oh, he yeah. can carry all my stuff. I thought that was fun. What about you, T-Stan? I actually, the the brothers felt, the two older brothers felt so cartoonishly evil to me. That it kind of took me out of it. I was just looking at mm. them like, how do you grow up to be a human being? <laughs> like, how, how does that happen? I mean, and I, the thing is, is that they mentioned the, the mom so much. Uh-huh. And I'm like, where, where was she 
when these kids were growing up. That's yeah. that's an interesting point. Where, because you'd where think, because yeah. they were older than Kit, then mm-hmm. she should have had even more of an influence on their lives. And I don't know if possibly they were um, taken into training. I don't know if sure. it's like a situation like- where their mothers get involved up until um, a certain point. And then, mm-hmm. and then they're being trained by uh, court officials and whatnot. And I don't know if maybe that shift happened for them sooner because Kit was still really young when she died. So maybe he was possibly still like at a nurturing age. And then once they hit eight or something, they have to learn all the court stuff. So then they don't see their mother as much. So they forget her, mm-hmm. which seems weird. Maybe, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a good was- point, Tristan. It was just okay. so weird to see them like, oh, yeah, we had the same mom and dad, but fast different. I mean, I get the siblings different. Where was your mom? Like, did no one ever tell you no? Kit was ostracized by his brother, so he was probably by default by himself, so he would spend more time with his mom. Well, I thought I thought his brothers you know. bullied him after she passed. Oh, it, it was, was like, it was like dirt. It, it was, was during. So yeah. why did mom let that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Poking holes. Also, Kit is a prince. And so he's like, he's going out and like, like feeding the poor and stuff. But how do people not recognize him? Because there's a point when he first meets Cinderella and she goes, what's your name? And he's like, you don't know who I am. And he's like surprised. Uh, But it's like, so if he's surprised that she doesn't know who he is, how do more people not know who he is? The thing is, is that back in those days, they didn't have Google to search what people looked like. And if a kingdom was big enough, then people don't necessarily, like you could walk down the street and people wouldn't know that you're the king. I think when he was saying that- People do know. Some people People do. People know who Kurt and Kane are. But they're kind of out there more. He was kind of the simpleton prince. And I think back in those days, people were more recognized by their clothes than their faces. Because unless you saw Kit, you wouldn't know. And I think when he was saying, you don't know who I am, I think he thought she would recognize his dress. That he was from the royal palace. Oh, gotcha. That's how I interpreted it. Because, I mean... If if we didn't have TV and everything, I don't I don't know what anyone would look like. I wouldn't know the faces of half of the people in politics. I might know their names, but I wouldn't know their faces or anything. Um, unless and I was in a room with them. It's just like them. back in the in the day, mm-hmm. the royals were the celebrities. Though they were the people that everyone talked about. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's like back in early America, politicians were the celebrities. Because there weren't celebrities. It was it was just the people who were the monarchs and the presidents. Yeah. They they were them. They were they were Yeah, they were the rich people. About. But the thing is is they didn't have jumbotrons and whatnot, so the proximity between a peasant and a nobleman, I mean, they're gonna be really far away from each other, so you wouldn't really recognize their face unless you saw it a lot. But I'm I I feel like I'm kind of face blind anyway. <laughs> I have a really hard time recognizing faces anyways, so I I probably there might have been some people that had a better sense of that, but I always just interpret it as um they would recognize them for their clothes more than anything. And maybe if they knew like a general description, 
like of the three brothers, this one has blue eyes and this one has brown eyes. If they heard that, they're like, oh, you have the dress of a prince and you have brown eyes. So you <laughs> must be this brother. It's just kind of how I would think that they'd go about it. Yeah, I think some people did know who he was, but I know him and his mom tried to keep it on the down low and they'd wear like commoners clothes and whatnot when they were donating stuff to that village. It was just the fact that he was like, you don't know who I am? As if like everyone knows who he is, but obviously no one knows who he is. So it's like, I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. He's simpleton. That even doesn't... though he's not, they call him <laughs> stupid, even though he's the smartest person ever. It's like, what? I'm amazed at how shallow the court is to not exactly. recognize that. They always kind of made him look bad. They did make him look bad. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely made him They're look awful. bad. Those are some bad yeah. brothers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just it's like, wow, nature versus nurture, I guess. Yeah, it just angry which is weird because the king doesn't seem like a bully and the queen definitely wasn't a bully and they breed two bullies why didn't the king and a pushover why's the king what why didn't the king go hey stop because they didn't do it in front of the king because he's a bad dad yeah he didn't (laughs) he didn't seem very present in their upbringing no fair i think they mentioned that he after his wife died he kind of just shut down yeah yeah which I, I I can get it, but at the same time, like uh, at no, the same time, yeah, you, you're a parent. You have three children. Take care of your children, but you I mean, take care of your children and your kingdom. Yeah, well, that's what you have no advisors priority. and stuff for, so you can yeah. have time with your children. Uh, um, Ollie, did you say who your favorite character was? Oh, I didn't, but definitely the brothers were like. I liked how they kind of created some comedy in the story but the queen <laughs> was my favorite because she was just so charitable and like it's like a great mother even though she totally had like a yeah. favorite child which was kit <laughs> like she made it very clear it's like before she died she's like my favorite child kit <laughs> he was the best son he's just like a sensitive little boy he's great and i kind of almost got vibes that they were describing um john snow which is really weird like, that was, like, oh. who I envisioned in my head with, like, the long, like, kind of dark brown curly hair. Yeah, I guess mean. I kind of envisioned him looking like a Jon Snow, James McAvoy type well, the, thing. The kind of that who, look. The guy who played Kit in the movies was Rob Stark. Oh, yeah, that fits. I could see that. So, in terms of writing, what did you guys think of how the story was written? I liked how it was in, like, everyone's point of view at some point. Like, it went from the brothers to Cinderella to the king, the queen. I liked the different perspectives. You get a really well-rounded story, a full story, and you don't necessarily have questions on a lot of stuff when the author can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of the beginning, and then it, like, towards the end, it was like, this happened, this happened, this happened, the end. So it's kind of a, a weird juxtaposition of very slow at the start and then very fast at the end. But I've noticed that with a lot of fix, so I think it might just be how the medium sometimes works. I wonder if that's a um, Grimm's fairy tale thing. Because I do notice in those old stories, they do a setup and then they go, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and climax happily ever after. 
or true. the mm-hmm. end. True. So I, I, I kind of interpreted that as I'm just kind of staying true to that story format. Because usually in these stories, there are like three. There's the main, they're setting up the characters, there's the conflict, and then the three kind of steps to get to a solution. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that tricky fourth one that no one saw coming um, and then uh, the solution. But in this case, it was a tricky extra three. Tricky six parts. <laughs> tricky six parts. I think it was it was definitely a conscious choice on their part. That leads me to our final question is how well did they stick to the fandom? I was definitely they Cinderella. St- yeah, they stuck to it very well. And they except they added some new things, you know, like the wood nymph thing and the mm-hmm. witches and the magic stuff. Other than that, they stuck to it pretty well. But it's just from the prince's perspective. Yeah, it's from his like, perspective. And there's no ball. Um, yeah. He, yeah, just, no ball. he just shoots his arrow and picks her out of a pond. <laughs> literally which which i like more i i kind of like that more than just um and there's another story i believe that is about it's like the swan princess or something it's this woman who becomes a swan yeah at yeah. night or is it a swan during the day i think it's at night i don't know if that's a grim fairy tale too but i got swan oh, princess okay. vibes i only ever watched the cartoon yeah. movies when i was a kid is there any other uh things that you guys want to talk about kind of relating to this story or i can think i think we we touched on all the things that i was curious about so then what uh what rating would you give this story out of five glass slippers i would give it a solid four it was very well written um it was a good length and while the brothers and the ineptitude of the adults around them kind of bothered me it wasn't a deal breaker for sure so yeah four out of five cool i would also give it a four for glass slippers why would you give it four glass slippers because i i liked it a lot it was my favorite of all of our cinderella fan fictions that we read this month and it was just a real. it was a nice story you know mm-hmm. like it was it was just it was a nice story. It was the one that made me smile the most. Um however, I agree that it should have just been the three challenges, um which is why it's not a 5, but like it was well written and it was just good. It was just really it was just re- a really sweet story. I think I would give it four and a half. Only ooh. because I I ooh. I know, right? This is my highest rating yet. Um <laughs> but I was captivated. I liked the story. I liked I did actually like kind of like the slow build of it um, and the fantasy aspect of having like wood nymphs and witches, um, which was really nice. And the fact that the author was a pretty decent writer and I didn't find any like inconsistencies. So, yeah. And I like how it was like a kind of like a parable. Yeah, there was definitely, definitely a lot of good messages um in that story and a lot of interesting ways to think about things like how to think about what is what can be considered a trade it doesn't necessarily have to be material what um how to empower people around you there was a lot of a lot of good content in there i um i feel horrible saying this but i'm (laughs) i'm only (laughs) going to give this story a four out of five I wish I could give it a five out of five, but um, 
I think the challenges just dragged on a little too much. I think all of the story made sense and was amazing. And the characters was amazing. were amazing. And the character development was great. Um, and all of the good messages um, that the story had weaved into it were wonderful. I just, um, I think there were too many challenges. <laughs> there were yeah. too many challenges. Yeah. I, I, I think there were, I, I think that's the only thing. If there was like, if it was like maybe four, three challenges and then like a curveball tossed in there, this would be an instant five. But, um, and this is me being really hard on this author right now. Like, I, I think yeah. by regular standards, this is a, in terms of fan fiction, this is really good fan fiction. So that kind of concludes our month of uh, Cinderella picks. We had a huge variety of story. Not a yeah. well, we had a. It was pretty big. It was. Pretty I guess big so. Variety. Yeah, we had a pretty big variety. We had uh, yeah. some smelly feet parody. Oh, we God. had some uh, poetic prose about uh, Cinderella falling in love with a king. We had. Um, a Cinderella story um, kind of crossing over with la with the Labyrinth fandom and then just like a classic Cinderella from the prince's perspective with a little bit of magic thrown in. And so yeah. out of all of these stories, we already know Poppy's favorite, but yeah. what, what do you guys think your favorite story that we've read this month is? Um... I'm going to have to go with this one. I'm going to have to go with the uh, Flight of... Oh, God. What's Flight that? of Feathers. Flight of Fancy. I thought, Flight of Fancy. I'm going to have to go with this one, um, just because it was the most well thought out, I think. I, th I think the author did a really good, good job. Agreed. And I also agree. Oh, unanimous. Yes. So now that we've finished up our stories for this month, we need to pick our um theme for next month so we can find some stories to pick and read and talk about for listeners just so you know how we're picking things me poppy ollie and t stan have compiled a really big list right now it has 30 different fandoms on it and so every month we're just going to go in with a random number generator and we're just going to pick a number and whatever fandom <laughs> that that number is related to is what we are going to read for the next month. Oh, Some gosh. of the theme topics include Fast oh, and nervous. Furious, Twilight, <laughs> The Vampire Diaries, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> and The Office, just to name a few. We have a lot more than that. So I am just going to go into Google and type in a random number generator and we'll see what we end. Oh, not Bing. Get out of here, Bing. <laughs> Evil Bing. Well, Google's really cool because they have a random number generator built into their uh, thing. I know some of these fandoms, no matter what we do, it's going to be cringy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So random... Number generator. Minimum one, maximum 30. Generate. Number six. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you. Our fandom pick for next month is Super Mario Bros. 
So we are going to uh, find some pics. We'll share them on the, the Twitters and the Instagrams and our website. And you can go ahead and read those stories once we have them up. And then next month, every week, we're going to get together and review them for your uh, enjoyment, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how enjoyable it's going to be. We're going to see what the... Um, for entertainment. It'll for your entertainment. Yes. It'll we're going to see what the sure. world of Super Mario Bros. has to offer. Thank you for listening to the Fan Fiction Book Club. Our pick this week was Flight of Fancy, Feathers, Challenges, and Fate by Books Are Medicine on archiveofourown.org. You can find this story and more of the author's works on archiveofourown.org. Theme song is Funko-Rama by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of Kevin's music on incompetech.filmmusic.io slash artist slash Kevin dash McLeod. The works discussed on the Fan Fiction Book Club are not our own. All characters mentioned belong to their original authors. Until next week, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.